Welcome to the Missing Link for SLPs podcast. Have you ever wished you could go back and tell your younger self a way to do something better or something that you've learned or gosh, just those words of wisdom that you would have loved to have known when you first started. That's what this series is all about. I am interviewing guests and we reflect back on their words of wisdom and what they didn't learn in grad school. I think you'll be surprised by each one of these episodes. So sit back, listen, and enjoy. Welcome to this episode. I am here with Mei Ling Chan, who is another SLP podcaster. Really fun when somebody else podcasts, no love podcasting comes on. So welcome, Mei Ling. Thank you for having me, Maddie. Good you're here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You have a beautiful website, a podcast, books, very, very lots of offerings. Tell me what you do and where you come from. Thanks so much. Um, it's a it's a really big question. Um, having my own website is a huge feat for me. Um, I don't know if you guys know, your listeners know, but Mailing Chan is a very popular name in China, you know, kind of like Tom Smith in the US. And so getting mailingchan.com as the URL was just amazing. And once I landed it, you know, you purchase it for $12.99. I was like, hmm, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> and there was an evolution there. Um, and that's only been in the last like five years. So um, I think, you know, having me as a guest, first of all, thank you for, you know, having me join you and be able to talk with you and your listeners, because I wish that we had access to people like us when we were first starting out. You know, um, I, I was a return student. And so I had years of being home with my children. I had uh, other home-based companies and I decided to go back for my master's. And when I did start getting my feet wet and really going, okay, I could do more, you know, than the one-on-one clinician services, that was in about 2012. So, you know, here we are in 2022 and it's been this evolution, many of, you know, what do I like to do? What are my skills? What are my talents? And what can I bring to the profession? And ultimately that person that I'm sitting across from and delivering services to. Um, so it's been growing as a, as an adult in a profession, also as a professional speech language pathologist, and then bringing in all of these things that I love to do. And that's what I really want to talk about uh, with you today. And so people get their mind thinking, you know? Um, so I will say, um, if my gosh, if I could sum it up, I like to say that I am a uh, industry historian and um, the website that you're talking about, mailingchan.com represents the three books uh, that I have recently published. So I published three anthologies in 18 months um, and that was all during the pandemic. And it was the most gratifying, beautiful, amazing experience of my life, Maddie. Um, I connected with the co-authors and the um, intro writers, the forward writers and the reviewers all over the world uh, during the most stressful and just crazy time of our lives. Um, and together we shared our stories of loving what we do in our professions. Um, and I have had the absolute gift of being able to work not only with speech language pathologists, and they are mostly focused, of course, in the third book in the series, which is Becoming an Exceptional SLP Leader. But I've also had the opportunity to work with people who are experts in augmentative and alternative communication. And that are those are people who use AAC daily 
And so I say they are experts, of course. And then also people who have been part of the evolution of this whole field and building community. And then just with people who are involved in special needs and disabilities as a whole. And that was actually the first book that I did. So we're dealing with people who are actors and actresses with disabilities and changing the culture and the face of what that looks like. Um, Working with people who have had personal um, strife, um, whether it's having a disability or being a parent of someone with a disability and sharing that story and how moving through that whole experience brought them to another side of how they can you know, be a giver and create something that they can share. And so that was all encompassed in becoming an exceptional leader. So you're a connector. Your books are connecting peoples with their stories with with us in our field. Your three books are Becoming an Exceptional Leader, Becoming an Exceptional AAC Leader, and Becoming an Exceptional SLP Leader. Correct. Wonderful, wonderful trio like the holy trinity of becoming an exceptional leader for um, SLPs. And all three of these came out during the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. I'd like to say we are at the endemic stage now, but um, I don't think that that's official. So I think we can, we're still using pandemic. Yes. Yes. I know. I don't think we're out. I I don't think we're out. (laughs) I think it's going to be going on for a little while yet. And I honestly don't know when we're going to get away from masks in the hospital setting. I think those will be a long time. We'll have those for a long time yet. One thing that strikes is the entrepreneurial, the, the building, the, the sky's the limit attitude that you have. Have you always been this way? This definitely comes from my upbringing. Um, My father is an immigrant from Hong Kong who came to the United States and he served in the Vietnam War and ultimately earned his U.S. citizenship. And then my mom, I like to say, was made in Colombia but born on U.S. soil. So she is first-generation Colombian. And these two kids, you know, who started with nothing, Maddie, have created an amazing life um, built on real estate um, and hard work. So they both had jobs while they were doing real estate on the side and they're now independently wealthy and they're just such givers and community people. So I grew up in a very entrepreneurial environment, you know, whatever needed to be done, I was there. You know, I went out with my dad, we fixed things. I actually have like a lot of experience with um, DIY, you know, just bring some duct tape and some gum and we can fix it. (laughs) Everything's figure outable. Exactly. Everything's exactly. So three things that as as we've gotten to know each other just a little bit, three themes that run through you and who you are is you love what you do as an SLP. You follow your passion and you really work on relationships. Can you talk about why you love so much what you do? Absolutely. And in coming onto your show specifically, you know, we're talking about the missing link and what are mm-hmm. things that we could share now with people who are just coming um, into the profession. Um, I didn't know this early enough, Maddie, that being a new speech language pathologist did not mean burying all of the things that are may, you know? And so I, I got to my first assignment and I was, you know, gung-ho and, and trying to follow the rules and do all these things. But then the this this other side of May started to come out as I started to have more competencies with the foundational skills, right? And so early on, um, the iPad had come out. 
And I'm saying this because you're asking me where the passion comes from. And that's because I am someone who just adores technology. You know, anything new, I had it. You know, I had the Crackberry. I had the Beeper, even going back that far. Um, so I'm kind of showing my age a little bit, but I am a, a, a new adopter to all of these things. You know, how can this, how can I use it? How can I make my life better? And so um, I got the iPad and I immediately started saying, ooh, this is great for therapy. How can we use it? And I went out on the internet. And I found all these amazing therapists who were already using it and they had these blog posts and, you know, I was learning from them and bringing it back to my, my sessions. And I found that connection for myself going, Ooh, now all of a sudden I'm, you know, doing what I love and loving what I do. And, you know, that's, those are just words. And I think your entire life, you're looking for that, you know, do what you love. It is so hard. And so I really, really offer this to my readers, to people who listen to our podcast, um, to deep dive into what are those things that you're good at and that you love and bring that back into your profession. Your profession is how you make money because we have to do it. But all of us that are in this space of uh, therapy services, mental health, all of that, we are givers and we are providing services. So it isn't the typical, you know, selling products. Um, just it's a very different type of way to earn an income, you know, to have a good life. And that was also something that I found myself being very disconnected from was feeling kind of like that guilt. Like I want to make more money, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be able to, to retire early. And for me, actually, I don't even know what retirement is. I'm sure you too, Manny. Like we're just, we go, go, go. I just don't want to have right. to have my butt in a chair at eight o'clock in the morning until five o'clock at night. Right. Even though we will work around the clock, I work on the weekends, you know, I I love what I do. So I have no problem with jumping in at all hours, but you want to be the boss of that. You want to be the in control of that. And you can carve that out in, in this life, but you have to kind of free yourself a little bit, you know, and, and that's the part that excites me. And I know you can hear it in my voice right now. And I'm sure our listeners are going, yes, you know, I want to do that too. And it really starts with um, just deep diving, you know, into the things that you love and going back to the books. I mean, I have 43 authors in all different areas who share unique stories of how they connected their passion with their purpose. If this doesn't turn your lights on, if this doesn't, you know, spark a fire inside of you, I don't know what will, honestly. Um, And the way that we launched these books, Maddie, was we gave them away for free on launch day as a digital download. And so Mm -hmm. I've had so many people who had the opportunity, you know, on the first days to get access to it, start reading it and give me the feedback that, wow, May, this is amazing because I wouldn't have had access to these types of stories. You know, Mm -hmm. we really don't have a quick way to say, hey, Maddie, you know, what do you love about your job and how did you get there? And yes, it's not um, always easy and fast, but, you know, I can learn from, from your experiences and, and everybody's story is beautiful. I mean, obviously afterwards you can look back and say, okay, now I know why that was so challenging or why that was so hard and coming out of it, you know, I can see now the strength and the, um, the maturity that I have from it or how that brings me to the next level. But I'm telling you, every one of these stories are page turners in their own, um, in their own right, you know, and they're not the same. That's another great thing. Just like your life isn't like anybody else's. That's what these stories reflect. Right. And I can see that they would be beneficial both for the newer fresh SLP who is just stepping in to his or her why. I always ask my students, why are you in this graduate program? What do you want to go do? 
Some of them have definite answers. I want to work with peds. This is where my, or ASD and others are like, I'm going to see what the field has to offer. And these stories would also be good for the SLP who is feeling burned out, overwhelmed. Where does she or he want to go with their careers? Things like that. And just really remembering that big why and having that focus. Absolutely. And we also, we want to see ourselves in others. And there are several uh, chapters in here where you might say, oh yeah, just like you're saying, this author focused on wanting to work with children, but now she's created an entire website um, that reaches people internationally. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just amazing how people build on their initial um, interests. And so that kind of brings me to exceptional learning. Um, exceptionallearning.com is a company that I am co-partnered with. We have a number of therapists that are in that company and then a number of uh, tech experts in that company. And we've created a online digital resource where people can access it globally to provide therapy services. So did I have that idea when I first started as a speech therapist? Definitely not. Uh, but, you know, over time there were needs that I realized that were valuable and geez, if I could just have somebody help me to code. And so my team and I, we were able to create one section of it, which was the online professional development. And we all know that we need that to, you know, um, keep our licensure, but also to keep us really on the cutting edge of the value of our services. You know, if you graduated 20 years ago and you're still providing the same therapy, same type of therapy and not keeping up with the evidence-based research, which, you know, is always coming, then the students that you're working with or the clients that you're working with are not getting the most up-to-date and quality services that they could be, right? And so I know I don't have the time to sit there and read all the research. And so I always found the value in doing conferences and learning from people. And over the years, online, you know, really started to inch his way in. And then, of course, now with the pandemic, it's just ubiquitous. You know, I I went to ASHA this year in 2021, and there were only 4,300 attendees in person there, whereas in 2019, there were 18,000 attendees. So totally different. And so what we've done is we've said, okay, look, you can't go see your top presenters. That's okay. We have them online. Um, And we're making this very, very different um, in that The people that are on our uh, platform are people who have an audience, you know, people know and love them. They see their courses as a product, as a service, as an offering, right? And they are sharing those also. And that goes into the gig economy. And so, you know, we're also in that very um, shared economy mindset, like Uber and Lyft, where people are being able to have a, a, a job and then they can do these things on the side and earn income. Um, And we're also expanding now into content creation. And also we're going to be offering a therapy marketplace, which is so much different, Maddie. I don't know if you've looked for a job lately, but I don't have to do anything. I get texts all the time. I get LinkedIn messages. You know, there are so many jobs out there, but they're not what I want. So we're turning the tables on that. And the therapist is going to say, this is when I'm available. These are my areas of expertise. And um, you can, you know, connect with me here. And so it's it's just a different way of doing it. And I really think that this is going to be amazing for our um, industry because there are such there's such a shortage. So for new people, you know, coming into the field, thank you so much. We need you, but we also need you happy. And that's where I feel like we're leading the industry again in this new idea of, you know, you shape what it looks like when you're available. And if it's in person, great. If it's through teletherapy, we have everything you need to provide it. 
I love that because so many SLPs today feel that they have lost control. And so they come to my, my websites and this podcast saying, how do I get control back? How do I get the passion back? We are in this field because we are givers and we have a reason why we want to do what we want to do. And to be able to have these resources and that support and just that mainlining, that passion, that drive, that excitement back in and being with like-minded individuals is just really an incredible offering. Exactly. And we need to stay with the people who are leading the industry. So, you know, professionally, we use the words like thought leaders. Um, And it's essential because these are people who are plugging into all other industries, you know, and saying, hey, could that work here? And and we need that because our field has become a little stale, you know, a little archaic. Um, And so this fresh new ideas is essential. And we're seeing that, you know, we say the millennial group, but then there's also the the group after that who are coming up and just so exciting, you know, the, the woke um, population, you know, we're not going to accept these things anymore. It's the, we have transgender, you know, we have black lives matter. I mean, there's just so many things that has moved into our speech therapy realm. Um, one of the things I'm really proud of is the types of courses that we're offering. And we offer these conferences for free. So please follow us at exceptional learning because we have five conferences a year, um, that each have five courses that are free and they are collaborative. So some of them might be a deep dive to a speech specific area, but most of them we're trying to do where you work with your occupational therapist or your uh, social service provider and, and really bringing all team members to the table. So we're not so siloed in our offerings. And um, one of the conferences we did in the fall, uh, Maddie, was about stuttering redefined. And um, because we're very school-based, this was essential because we were looking at what are the long-term ramifications of stuttering therapy? And so we had John Gomez on there, who's also an author um, in my books. And what he did was a documentary talking to adults who had had speech therapy. And they talked about the impact, positive and negative. And it was very, very interesting. And so that helped to support this new culture that is coming out in stuttering therapy, where we're looking at whole person instead of just remediating and changing and pointing out, you know, stuttering incidences. We're talking about how do they feel? You know, do they want to remediate this or do they want to live with this in the best way possible? And actually brought me to tears. There was um, a couple of the presentations that, you know, our chat was just blowing up because they were like, yes, yes, because we're feeling this. We're sitting across from our client going, they don't want to be here. You know, they just want to be happy. And I had a fifth grader who loved loved himself. He presented, he had no issues or anything. And he's like, do I have to be here? You know, and I was like, no, I mean, why are you coming here? Because you like yourself and you have no issues. So I had to do most of my work with the parents, you know, but I didn't have the research and I didn't have the backup of what is going on now. So in my ideas, I was failing the system. You know, I wasn't hitting his goals, which was so many stuttering incidences, you know, um, being less over time. And so it's really interesting what's going on. And I'm so proud to be at the the epicenter of that is, you know, being on the, the edge of change and progressive change. So that's where my passion is. It is your, it's your legacy. I know with my work, this is my legacy. This is what I'm leaving to a career that has, that has served me well, and I've served it well. And being at the point in my career, this is just, it just gives me goosebumps listening to your stories and, and feeling where 
the potential, our careers, I mean, our field would be a better word, where our field has to go, and how we can be dynamic in meeting the needs of those we work with. Like I heard you say, moving into the whole person and moving into parent coaching and stepping away from the checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. Yep. Pretty exciting to be thinking, thinking outside of the box on those. Which brings me to a question. You are on the What I Didn't Learn in Graduate School series. What is one thing that you did not realize when you graduated from grad school? I really believe that I had learned everything I needed to know to get out there. Um, and when I showed up, you know, for my first days, obviously we had done our um, clinical rounds, but, you know, I'm in there the first day, I'm a speech therapist. I, I really thought, okay, this is it. I have everything I need. And I struggled that whole first year because I had to just really be humble to realize, oh my gosh, there is so much I don't know. Yes. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, how can, how can our professors let us know that in each class? Um, I don't know, but I think if I was more prepared, that would have been better. And I was a return student. So I was, you know, an older adult and I didn't, I don't know. I still had that, this whole like, you know, glassy eyed <laughs> new professional look, I'm sure. I, it, I taught class yesterday and I told my students, somebody asked something about, um, it's 4.50. So we're going over all of the ASHA big nine. And they said, is this everything that we need are going to learn in graduate school? And I'm like, yes. There's so much to know. And the smartest you will ever be is when you graduate from graduate school, because that's when you think you know everything. Right. And then the more you get into your career, the more you realize you really don't know everything and how much you have to learn. Excellent. It sounds like they're very blessed to have you many. I really enjoy teaching. It really is a, a transition piece for me where I take my experience, I share my stories, and I teach teach the students and help them understand the field that they're stepping into and the importance of what we do. Excellent. Um, and just to share, we've had a number of professors now who are including uh, becoming an exceptional SLP leader in their professional issues classes. Oh, excellent. We'll have to um, put that on our docket. I'll bring that up at a faculty meeting. Um, I would encourage our listeners to really go check out your website. There's a lot there. And it's very neatly organized and streamlined, easy to read where you want to go and, and follow those links. It's just like opening a great gift on Christmas morning. It's like, look at all these things in here. Great. Thank so, you. Excited. How did you, one thing that strikes me about the stories that you've created with your books and the, and how have you been able to so successfully build relationships with other SLPs and with some of the other um, human beings in book? That's a great question. Um, LinkedIn has been amazing for me. And I know that we're not very strong in that social media outlet uh, for our field because we've done a lot of research there. Um, or there's a lot of speech language pathologists who at least have a profile, but they have like an egghead for their avatar. So for anyone who's new, I really invite you to get on LinkedIn, fill it out as much as you can. I mean, obviously, if you're first starting, you don't have a lot of experience, but put stuff up there, connect with the people in your classes, with your professors, um, use that as a professional, like kind of a, a job board 
um, connecting board. Um, that's where I started. And again, it was back in 2012. So there weren't a lot of us on there. And so it was kind of lonely. Um, I was very active on Twitter. That's actually another one that I highly recommend. In addition to, I know we love the Instagram photos and then the, the Facebook groups, but you definitely want to have a presence in these social media places because that's how I built my first company. So my first company was called Yap Guru, Y-A-P-P, on a play on talking. And we were um, reviewing the apps that were being used for speech therapy and um, in classrooms and also going into hospitals. And so by being active in those social media channels, that's where I was able to connect with people who weren't just local to me, right? And who weren't just from my university. Um, and then because of the podcast, and now you know this, because of the podcast, I needed to have guests, right? And so the first one I did was 50, 51 consecutive episodes, which was really hard. So every week I dropped another episode. Um, and that was a learning curve for myself being a podcast host. Um, but then also I had to, you know, find people that were valuable and that somebody would want to listen to every week. And I actually did not want to do just a speech therapy podcast because I'm super curious. So I had a lot of interest in people who were doing amazing things in the space of disability. So I went a little broader and that has just opened up my world, Maddie, you know, just reaching, reaching out, watching the news, getting referrals from people, you know, people like me, you've got to talk to this person. They're amazing. And then of course saying, yes, I would love to hear your story and shaping, you know, what parts of that story is valuable to share in your 45 right. minutes. And that's what you're doing right. now is trying to figure out, you know, what is it that can really help your listener? Because that's why we do this program. So exactly. that's been amazing to me. And then from that, then I was able to create the book. Um, my first one was only with people who were guests on the podcast. So that was incredible. The second one is because I have a um, just an amazing link to AAC. I, I love everything about it. And of course, because it's technology also. And so I was able to take some people who were podcast guests and then other people that were through my circles and, um, so, you know, warm referrals. And then uh, the SLP one, you use the word legacy. And, and that is close to my heart. As I said, I'm going to do the SLP one. That is my last book. I'm saying it's my last book because there's so much work. It really is. Um, but I'm just, I'm really glad to have tried to have brought together a very eclectic group of people and their offerings, but I could go on. And I actually have had some calls already where people are like, you know, may we really want you to do something that possibly could be like mental health related or, um, actors in disability related. That's a really big movement right now. And I know you've seen the change where it used to be somebody like Forrest Gump. Um, you know, where the person playing the role of someone with a disability doesn't actually have the disability. Right. So now we need to see people like us, you know, whether it's gender or whether it's culture or whether it's disability. So there's a real push for that. But, you know, these, all these people are outside my little SLP bubble. Um, and so I, I just love that. I love having the connections with people. A really interesting one is um, for the Becoming an Exceptional AAC Leader book. Um, I am so very honored that the person who wrote the forward for that book is Alan Brightman. And he is the person who was hired to work with Apple and talk about disability with them, disability accessibility way back when. And so on my podcast interview with him, he talks about how he sat down all of the execs and top people and told them, put your hands under your, under your lap and try to turn the computer in front of you on. And they all like, you know, nervously laughed. And he's like, I'm not kidding. And that was the beginning of, you know, you need to look at this from a different lens. And he started everything for us. 
So that's just, it's incredible for me. And I was referred to him, you know, through a warm referral. Again, again, goosebumps. I have, um, have you ever heard that TED talk? I'm not sure it was by, but it's the rejection challenge. No, it's, it's a wonderful TED talk. It's about a gentleman and I've developed something in my courses here on the SLP rejection challenge, but it's learning how to accept rejection, not on a personal, I mean, people likely aren't rejecting you for personal reasons. They just, it's not the right time. It's not the right moment. It's, you know, it's whatever. And working and moving and expanding into the circles you've expanded in. And so many of the the greats in your book, the greats that I know that have been on the podcast requires a fair amount of putting yourself out there and being okay with the rejection from some of the big names. It also, I don't really think I've had any rejections where somebody said, nope, I have had amazing people come on who are outside of my world because I work in the mental wellness world. I work a lot with suicide recovery. Um, They're like, we would love to support you. So tell me, share with me how you developed the the bravery, the the fortitude to step forward into saying, this is what I want to do and where I want to go. What crossed, what helped you take that first step across the threshold? That's a great, great question. And uh, I would say 15 years ago, I would not be able to answer it maturely is a great way to put it. Um, I was definitely the person who wants to be liked, you know, by everyone, you know, just kind of like that puppy dog, you know, what can I do? How can I make your life better? And what do you mean you don't like me? Um, But Brene Brown, you know, has come into all of our lives and talking about vulnerability and leadership. And when I first started reading, I can say I really did not understand. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely had the what? what do you mean? You say you don't know something, (laughs) you know, Um, but, you know, reading a lot of different books and a lot of different um, thought leadership has helped me a lot. But I tell you, someone said to me the other day, just like you're saying it is, May, you're so courageous. And I said, that's funny because I don't get out of bed going, I'm going to be courageous today. (laughs) You know, like it's just, I have this idea or I have something I have to do and I just am driven to do it. But then the universe has given me the extra challenge that I've always needed, which is you can't, please everyone all the time. So the things that I do are very public and I've posted um, things on Instagram. I've uh, done a, an interview where I've, you know, asked a, a question or I've responded a certain way. I put my books out, you know, um, and people respond and they give you feedback. And every time you get that, you get the opportunity to grow, whether it's right. you agree with them, you don't agree with them, you learn something or Maddie, you learn to just say, thank you for sharing. And you don't let it eat at you. Um, with the books, I have gotten wonderful feedback. I've gotten wonderful criticism. And they've helped me for each of the next books. You know, so I'd say my third one is the best. You know, and just like when we practice, it's practice. You know, you go out and it's your first swallow eval. You do your best. I put everybody on um, puree because I was afraid that they would have aspiration pneumonia. Right? <laughs> so I, I, I apologize, but I was erring on the side of caution. But with the books... I would say there is definitely times when I'll get a criticism and in the beginning it was like, oh, what, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to have to have a glass of wine and think about this or I'm going to call my friends and talk to them about it. And they'll tell me, you're a wonderful person, May. This is just someone's opinion. Um, and then there's times that I learned and I was like, you know what, you're, they're right. And I'm not going to do that the next time. And I'm going to shape that, you know, I'm going to work on it. Um, 
But yeah, it's the last book I have to say was the first time that I was like, you know what? I'm really, really proud of this. And I appreciate everyone's opinions. And I stick to all the decisions that I made. And I'll tell you, you might not be getting this on your podcast, but I have gotten this is why was this person in it? And why wasn't that person in it? And I'd say, because I can only do 14 or 15, you know, I'm not doing an encyclopedia, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but in the beginning, I'd be like, oh gosh, you're right. You know, I don't know. And, and after a while I was like, no, I, I'm going to make my decisions and I stand by them. And I know, I know why and why not, you know, I have good reasons and sometimes just didn't work out. Um, and you just have to stand by yourself, but that only comes with experience. And for any of us who are going to have children or have children, you know this, Maddie. You can't just open the head of your child and put all of your experience in their head, right? No. <laughs> and protect them no. from everything in the world, right? Yeah, and no. they need to go through it. And so I can say that as an author of three published books that have all made Amazon bestseller uh, for at least a day, I have been through a lot um, to get to this point and I'm very proud of it. And I have learned so much and I thank everyone for their positive and negative feedback. It's, you know, it's helped me to grow as a person. I listened to a podcast by Amy Porterfield and she had um, an episode where she talked about there's no such thing as bad decisions because we make the decisions that we make at the time with the information that we have. And then we evolve from that decision. We either say, yes, that was a good decision or I'm going to change it. So it's a better decision in the long run. And so when you're an SLP who's stepping out into different settings or branching out into private practice or creating a website, it's, it's being able to dynamically respond to what you have coming in. Mm -hmm. Share with us the name of your podcast, please. Actually called Exceptional Leaders. Um, and the reason why I have exceptional on everything is because I saw years ago that the field was trying to change from special mm -hmm. to exceptional. And so special has always encompassed both sides of the bell curve, which is people who are needing support and people who are gifted. And we, mm -hmm. we forget about our gifted students, you know, um, that they're just, they also need support, but in a different way. And so I've always loved this exceptional um, piece. And I've seen um, more and more in different states, they have like exceptional student services, you know, just changing that special needs, short bus, you know, type of mentality um, and lifting it because vocabulary is so powerful. So I love using exceptional leaders. It is. Last question. What words of advice would you give yourself Actually, I have two questions. What words of advice would you give yourself as a new SLP? Yeah, I, I'm really hard on myself. I realize that. I do a lot of yoga now. Um, and I think <laughs> just graduating, I'd just be like, chill. <laughs> you know, take it, take it just a lot easier. Be easier on yourself. You know, enjoy it more um, and not be so tense and worried about your own um, how you're doing things. And, you know, I, I provide one chapter for each of the books. And, mm -hmm. uh, in the last book, I talk about my own, um, experience in my clinical round. So, um, a supervisor was watching me and one of my professors and I was doing it at the school, you know, and there's a, a video that I could watch afterwards. And, and I talk about how I watched myself and I was so critical and, you know, looking back and reading that story, I, I decided to share that experience because I'm sure that we all have those moments of opportunity. So it's opportunity to grow, but then also just 
you know, being so hard on yourself. And so like, I look back and I forgive myself for being so hard. So I, I really offer this is, you know, see all these things as opportunities, not criticisms. Are there any words of advice you were given that you were grateful you did not follow? Yeah. Okay. So there's one. Um, and that was, if I stay in the school system for like ever and ever, then I could retire and I could have a pension and all of that. And mm-hmm. I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. <laughs> and I'm so glad because, you know, financially I am so much better off now than if I had stayed and done the step system of getting, um, you know, incrementally. Right. Um, but then, you know, just so our listeners know, I don't just do things that are speech therapy related. You know, obviously we have investments, I have real estate and I love doing that. So you definitely can be a whole person. You know, you're not just that nine to five, what do I do for my day job? So explore, expand, you know, and, and if being at a, at one place and getting, you know, that retirement income is, feels good for you, then definitely. But specifically for me, I'm glad that I didn't do that. Any words of action you can give listeners right now to when we're done, they can go and do. Yeah. Read or listen um, to anybody who's doing leadership in, in the field and also outside of the field. Um, So like, like you just talked about Amy Porterfield, uh, she has her own company. Can you remind me what she does? Marketing made easy, I think. Right. Right. So she's incredible. She's been around for a long time. Yeah. So, and she's also referred to you now by Maddie. So write that name down and go listen. You know, we all have Mm -hmm. our, our people um, and they may or may not resonate with you, but start listening. Like I love um, Oprah and she has super soul Sunday podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and fascinating, you know, how she deep dives into a deep conversation with different leaders of the world. Um, so I love doing that, but just always be learning, you know, always have that mindset that whether you're listening to a podcast, reading a book, watching, um, a Ted talk, definitely give yourself that time, uh, to do it. I, I can't help myself. Maddie, I'm sure you're like that. I'm always like, oh, I, you know, I, Brene Brown's new book is out. It's called Atlas <laughs> of the Heart. I already have it, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, go outside I- the field. I have that book as well, and I'm going to be launching a, a, a book club every month of thought leader books, just outside of our field, but coming together as a common ground with, as SLP. And I just looked up um, Amy Porterfield, and it's online marketing made easy. Perfect. So, and I was referred to her by another SLP who was guest on the podcast, and it's linking all of those. This is why this is called the missing link is we all, if we share, connect, learn from one another, are curious and support one another, it's just, it makes, makes the world a better place. Not that life is all rosy and, and perfect. Life can be hard. Life can be challenging. Um, you'll have those 3 a.m. thoughts, which is another good uh, website. Um, lots of good things out there. And you don't have to do it alone. So I love your passion. I love your drive. Tell us once again, where to find you, please. Great. Um, So you can find me mailingchan.com. Mailing looks like mailing, like mailing a letter. Um, And then exceptional learning. And we spell it X-C-E-P-T-I-O-N-A-L learning.com. And that's where you'll find the professional development. Definitely sign up for the free membership. So you'll get the free conferences. Um, And then we do ASHA reporting. I know that's really important to a lot of people. Um, And we also have AOTA approval. So we're also doing occupational courses, occupational therapy courses. Um, And then the teletherapy and digital content is also available. So you can follow us over there. And the Exceptional Learning um, Podcast. (laughs) Lots, lots, lots. That's your offering. 
Thank you for everything. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you, Maddie, for having me. And it's been great to hang out with you. I hope today's conversation has created some aha moments for you and motivated you to become a better SLP. Continuing to connect some of those missing links between what you know and how to use that knowledge. Thank you for downloading the missing link for SLP's podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, I'd love you to subscribe, rate it, and leave a short review. Also, please share an episode with a friend. Together, we can raise awareness and help more SLPs find and connect those missing links and get the information needed to help them feel confident in their patient care every step of the way. Follow me on Instagram and join the Fresh SLP community on Facebook. Show notes are always available, so come learn more at freshslp.com. Let's make those connections. You got this.